Well, I wonder if there are any grateful people in the house this morning. Are there any grateful people in the house this morning? I mean, it's really glad to be in the service one more time. Can we just bless the Lord God of our salvation? Come on, let's give him a great big hand of praise. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and exceedingly glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. What an awesome God. What a gracious God. What a glorious God we serve, and I'm glad to be in this service one more time. Good to see each of you, my father's children. To those of you who are joining us online, we thank God for your presence on this morning. Thank God for your prayers, and we want you to share this with your neighbor. Go ahead. Let them know that you're watching and worshiping with us here at Cade Chapel. Won't you join me now in a moment of prayer? Eternal God, our Father, how grateful we are for this day. A day unlike any other you've given unto us. For that we say thank you. Lord, out of everything that's going on in this world, you gave us grace. And you gave us mercy. In fact, grace and mercy woke us up this morning. Grace and mercy led us here right now. And God, for that we say glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we know you didn't have to do it, but we're so glad that you did. And so, God, right now, we're going to praise your holy name. There's so many things that work against us that could stop us, but God, right now, we're going to give you all of the worship, all of the glory, and all of the praise. The enemy is busy. The devil is real. But God, you're so good. You look beyond our faults. You tend to every one of our needs. And we say thank you. Lord, your word tells us to cast all of our cares upon you for you care for us. And Lord, there's so much happening in our world right now that we care about. But God, we don't have to get depressed about it. We can put it in your hands. We can put our cares in your hands. We can put our anxieties in your hands. We can put our fears in your hands. And so, God, right now, we transfer it from us and put it in your hands. We give it to you right now and say, Lord, have your way. Lift it from us right now. Do what you will in Jesus' name. And for his sake we pray, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, let's put it in his hands, y'all. Ready to praise him?
seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank God for our young people. Amen. They're doing amazing things. Amen. And let me just bring some attention to some of the amazing things our young people are doing. Little Mr. Kai Small, Kai Noel Small. Uh, this is the time that we'd like to bring some highlights of some, some of the things our young people are doing. He's in the third grade, y'all, but he received the class. Let's see. Let me see this right now. 
He received the principal's award for the highest class average in all of the third grade for the 2021-22 year, maintaining an all-A status ranking, breaking him at the t- Is Kai here? Is Kai here? I don't know if he's here, but I see his picture on the screen. Congratulations to you, Kai. Thank God for you. Listen, also, Carlton Young, y'all, received his associate's degree in commercial aviation. Amen. Yeah, he is now... He is now a certified private aircraft pilot, amen, and he is going to continue his education at Jackson State University to be a cadet in the Air Force program. Congratulations to Carlton, amen, amen, amen. God bless you, God bless you. Listen, we also want to thank you all for a wonderful turnout uh, to our Nate Ruffin Scholarship Swing for Knowledge Golf Classic. I'm told uh, that they had record number of teams this year in participation, and also because of your participation in uh, that Nate Ruffin Swing for Knowledge Golf Classic, we're able to award 10 high school graduates over $1,000 scholarships each. Amen? Amen. And six of them, I understand, are members of Cade Chapel. Amen? Amen. God bless you. So thank you so much to all of you who participated and to the Nate Ruffin Golf Classic uh, uh, Committee. We thank you for your work in making sure that those things uh, take place. we got some further announcements that are coming uh, from Sister Cherie and also from our Minister of Social uh, Witness, Reverend Harrington. I, just like you, am very pleased to have a pastor who carries himself in such a way that everyone thinks positive of him. Recently, while attending a community event, a young lady approached me about joining her church. As she handed me her business card, she said, what church do you attend? Okay, what do we do when people ask us what church we attend? We stick our chest out, we clear our throat, and we say, that's right. When she heard my answer, she immediately pulled back her business card and stated, I know you're not leaving Pastor Reginald Buckley. Pastor Buckley has given us 15 years of positive reasons that not only we see, but rest assured, the world sees as well. His positivity goes way beyond the three points that he shares weekly in his sermons and his countless ways of ministering daily in our times of needs and in our sorrows. For 15 years, Pastor Buckley, you've remained powerful, amazing, generous, loving, and the list goes on and on. I'm sure each of you could come up with 75 ways of his positivity. This year for Pastor's anniversary, I ask you to join in with me and give him a dollar for each of those positive ways that you can think of. For those of you that can give more, I know you will. But I ask that each of us give what we can to show him our appreciation for the 15 years that he's given us. Pastor Buckley, we thank you and we look forward to many more. Good morning, Kate Chapel. Don't I look like the holiday? Uh, can you see my red, white, and blue representing July? Well, let me start off with asking all of our July babies to stand. 
Come on, stand up. I understand uh, that from uh, one of our senior usher, Mr. Dawson, that we have a four-year-old whose birthday, keep standing now, keep standing, we got a special prize for you. Uh, we have a four-year-old whose birthday is today here all the way from Texas. Zach, where are you? Woo, there he is. <laughs> now, I will allow the orchestra to give you our special gift this morning. Shall we sing together? Representative Alice Clark, and we're so happy to see her. Give her a special hand. Now, uh, I do want to just talk about Christian responsibility for the 4th of July. Just briefly, to just remind you that you have a Christian responsibility to give God praises for us being as free as we are as a nation. Amen? Now, in that... Don't sit at home by yourself on the fourth. Fellowship with someone. Let someone else understand how sweet your smile is and how wonderful your personality is. And then your last Christian responsibility, eat responsibly. <laughs> Come on now, that reserve a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Oh, we have to have a little fun, even on the Lord's Day. Uh, now, my other announcement, and I saw him back there, and I, I know he's so shy. He always give everybody else the notes to do for him. But Mr. Uh, Thomas Cheatham, uh, would you just stand in your wonderful, humble way? There he is over to the side. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. He has been working on something, you guys, for over a year. The Grove Park will, on next Saturday, now pull out your phones and your calendars, 12 noon, I want you to meet me at Grove Park with Mr. Thomas Cheatham and the Boys Baseball Association. That's a Christian responsibility because the Bible tells us that we are to train them up in the way that we would have them to go. Mr. Cheatham thought that it would not be robbery to recognize Grove Park's many decades of preparing young boys and girls. There will be a young lady recognized as the first baseball player at Grove Park. And we want to be there with him as this historic marker is placed at Grove Park. Now, what time did I say? 12 noon. When did I say? 
next Saturday the 9th. Give him another hand of applause. Thank you, Mr. Cheatham, for letting us not forget our history as we prepare our young people for the future. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful week. And happy 4th to everyone. We were with you till you started talking about eating right. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, we want to celebrate a few others. I understand that uh, Sister Doris and Willie Wright celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary on this past Friday. I don't know if they're here, but if they're watching, God bless you. Congratulations to you for 50 years uh, of wedded bliss. And I understand that today, Brother Thickpin is 82 years old, y'all. Amen. Is that right? God bless you. Happy birthday, Brother Thickpin. Good to see you on this morning. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. God has brought us to this hour and this time. I'm talking about a God who is a very giving God. And remember that you can't beat God giving. We give here at K, at K Chapel to demonstrate our obedience to God. We give to demonstrate our thankfulness for all that he has done and to support local and global ministry. Remember, you cannot beat God giving. He has given us everything. God bless.
today as will be used for the uplifting of your kingdom. As we journey through the days ahead, we ask, Father, that you prepare our journey, guide our footsteps, and the Holy Spirit watch over us on every path we follow. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Amen. Good morning, K Chapel. You know, each week, we'll learn of new opportunities we have to take part in the ministry of one another. We ask that you continue to pray for all of our bereaved families. Sister Alice Washington lost her mother. Sister Arnader Easterling. The funeral for Sister Easterling will be held on Wednesday, July 6th at Mount Pleasant CME Church in Mount Olive, Mississippi. Deaconess Linda Wilson lost two of her aunts. Sister Lillian Banks Matthews and Sister Annie Matthews Lee, both of Indianola, Mississippi. The funeral for Sister Lillian Banks Matthews will be held Thursday, July 8th at 11 o'clock a.m. at Belgrove MB Church in Indianola, Mississippi. Arrangements for Sister Annie Matthews Lee are incomplete at this time and will be shared with you as they are made known to us. The funeral for Sister Milan Smith the mother of Sister Bessie Osgood will be held on Saturday, July 9th at 11 o'clock a.m. here at Kate Chapel. Sister Pearl Harper lost her brother, Brother Marion Mack. There will be a service for Brother Mack held in Gary, Indiana, and then will be flown here to Jackson, Mississippi, where a funeral will be held on July 16th at 11 o'clock a.m. at People's Funeral Home here in Jackson. We have Sister, I'm sorry, Mother Cora Montgomery is in Manhattan Nursing Home. Brother Walter Cheatham is in rehab. Brother Benny Larry is also in rehab. We have those recovering at home, Sister Doris Johnson Wilson Williams, Sister Mary Hodge, Sister Sharon Turner Davis, Sister Mildred Wyvette Smith, Brother Levi McBride, Brother Sammy Henderson, and also Brother Al Levy. As I always say, pray when you can, visit where you can, and each day thank God that you can. Amen.
anybody know he's good in here? Despite what's going on. to say good.
been hurt, but he's still. I know you've been through a storm, but he's still. You have to experience some stuff you wasn't planning on, but can anybody testify that he's still? He's still. brought you through, didn't he? Yes. He didn't leave you by yourself, did he? Can anybody just witness? He's still. He's still. He's still. He's still. He's still. He's still good.
saith the Lord that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel with the house of Judah not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt which my covenant they break although I wasn't husband unto them saith the Lord but this shall be the covenant that I will make in the house of Israel after those days saith the Lord I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. It will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to try to wrap this series up this morning. Church got something to say. I'm going to preach from the subject this morning, the truth about replacement theory. The truth about replacement theory. Another National Day of Independence will be celebrated on tomorrow. On a day that as a nation we collectively look to the ideals of freedom, liberty, and justice. The words inscribed upon Lady Liberty, the Statue of Liberty, should not go lost. These words you will find on a plaque on the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, 
tempest-tossed to me. She stands in that harbor with a light held up, announcing to the world, send me those who are hurt, homeless, tired, lost. Send them to me. Although these words are inscribed upon one of the most iconic statues that represent America and American ideals, ever since the time that Emma Lazarus penned those words, the sentiment has been suspect. Because if these words were true, we would look upon immigrants and immigration law very differently. If these words were true, black and brown people looking for refuge in America would not be turned away. If these words were true, children would not have been kept in holding cells and separated from their parents in an effort to discourage others from coming to this shore. If these words were true, an American president would not have been elected on the promise of building a wall and having Mexico to pay for it. The reality is that the sentiments sound nice, but the idea itself has stoked fear in the hearts of many Americans who see a shifting of America. It is a shift demographically. It is a shift racially. It is a shift politically. It is a shift culturally that has long been studied and written about called replacement theory. Replacement theory, simply put, is the idea that there is a deliberate plot to reduce the population of white people in the United States of America by promoting, among things, inter interracial marriage and increasing the immigration of non-white populations. It is this theory that is being used to stoke much of the political divide and raise fear and panic for those who are currently in power. The idea is that if the majority becomes the minority, then power privilege and position get taken away and out of fear out of the fear of power being taken away unjust laws are written out of the fear of being replaced violent acts are engaged out of the fear of becoming a minority voting districts are redrawn and voting rights are repealed out of the fear of being replaced civil and human and reproductive rights are reversed out of the fear of being replaced and even though Lady Liberty invites the tired, the poor, and the huddled masses to find refuge in this land, the fear of being replaced keeps America from ever being united. The fear helps us to preserve a permanent underclass. Fear promotes oppression and preserves a system of supremacy. And this is not the first time 
that we have seen the fear of replacement. In fact, the Bible tells a very similar story in Exodus chapter 1 verse 6. It reads as follows, Then Joseph died and all his brothers and all that generation, but the Israelites were prolific and increased greatly. They multiplied and became extremely strong so that the land was filled with them. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph nor the history of his accomplishments. He said to his people, Behold, the people of the sons of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. They greatly outnumber us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them so that they will not multiply and in the event of war join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. So they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with hard labor. And sons of Israel built Pithom and Ramses as storage cities for Pharaoh. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more they multiplied and expanded so that the Egyptians dreaded and were exasperated by the Israelites. And the Egyptians made the Israelites serve rigorously, forcing them to severe slavery. They made their lives bitter with hard labor in mortar, brick, and all kinds of field work. All their labor was harsh and severe. Sound familiar? Fear. Fear of too many of the other in our land is what caused the relationship between the Hebrews and the Egyptians to change from one of mutual respect to one of ethnic oppression. We have to do something, they said. If we want to keep our land, in essence, Pharaoh said we have to do something if we want to hold on to our country. We've got to do something if we want to maintain our way of life. We've got to do something if we want to remain in power. We've got to do something if we want America to be. We've got to do something. And fear keeps America from being great. Fear of what we might become. On this weekend preceding Independence Day, I pray that every Christian church, black and white, would ask God for us to deal honestly and truthfully with our fears. Fears that we have of each other. Fears that we allow to pull us apart. Fears that we feed that keep us from seeing each other's humanity and respecting each other's liberty and defending each other's autonomy. If America is going to survive the reality of a changing landscape demographically and ethnically and racially, the church must say something to help her face and deal with her fears. And all of us, black and white churches, have to put our fears on the table. What are we really afraid of in building a beloved community? What are we really afraid of in honoring each other's humanity? What are we really afraid of? Fears. 
There are operating systems that oppress people and preserve policies of subjugation must be faced. Fears that are polarizing us and causing us to vote for personalities who speak to our darkest fears rather than our brightest hopes. Reality is that a lot of Christian people are just afraid. And the church must be on the forefront reminding us that God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. When we do that in earnest, we allow our fears to be exposed and explored for what they really are, then perhaps our fears can be replaced. And then we as the church can spread the true message of God's replacement plan. For God's replacement plan does not involve the swaying of politics or the manipulation of populations, but God's replacement plan has to do with the eternal reality of the human soul. Replacement plan, this replacement theory. God's replacement plan is one that we, the church, can truly embrace and live by. For in Exodus, God gives to Moses his law, a law written upon tablets of stone. These Hebrews have been outnumbered, who have outnumbered the Egyptians, have been led out of their captivity after 400 years of enslavement. And the God who delivers them gives to them laws concerning their relationship to him and their relationship to one another. This was a law that required daily sacrifices to be performed in order to atone for sin. A law that promised spiritual and material and even material, military blessings if they obeyed and remained true to the covenant. But with all that the old covenant promised, there were three limits to the law. And those three limits required the old covenant to be replaced. First limit was that the old covenant could not fully and finally secure forgiveness. The old covenant could not fully and finally secure forgiveness. Although the old covenant makes provisions for a high priest to make atonement for sin yearly, this is to perform, but well, yearly and daily. There's the daily sacrifice, but then there's the yearly atonement. Every day bulls and goats were slaughtered for the sins of the Hebrew people and the old covenant does not fully or finally secure forgiveness. Why? Because each and every day and each and every year the high priests have to go and kill another bull and another ram and another lamb and another bull and another ram and another lamb and another bull and another ram and another lamb over and over and over again. Why? Because people keep sinning. That's what the writer of Hebrews is talking about when he says the law of Moses is like a shadow of the good things to come. This shadow isn't the good things themselves because it cannot free people from sin by the sacrifices offered year after year. If there were worshipers who already have their sins washed away and their conscience made clear, there would not be any need to go on offering sacrifices, but the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sins. It only reminds people of their sins from one year to another. And then verse 11 says, the priests do their work each day. This is from the contemporary English version. The priests do their work each day and they keep on offering sacrifices that can never take away sin. But Christ, 
offered himself as a sacrifice that is good forever. Now he is sitting at God's right side and he will stay there until his enemies are put under his power. By his one sacrifice, he has forever set free from sin the people he brings to God. The writer is saying, listen, the old covenant, the old covenant meant that there had to be ram after ram, bull after bull, lamb after lamb, calf after calf. But under the new covenant, Jesus gave his life once and for all. Oh, that's something to shout about. That's a replacement theory I can celebrate that God replaced the old covenant with the new and then he said, you don't have to keep doing this over and over and over again. My son's blood spilled one time shall satisfy the sins of mankind forever. And so he replaced the old with the new because the old could not fully and finally secure forgiveness. But then there's another reason why he replaced the old with the new. Second, secondly, the old covenant could not empower people to fulfill the law. The old covenant could not empower people to fulfill the law. You see, what the old covenant did, uh, Joe, the old covenant, the old covenant did what a lot of us do. It shows us what's wrong with us. You know folk like that. They, 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 somebody told you this morning, your, 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 your purse don't match your dress. They told you what was wrong. You, you know folk like that. They're they, they good at pointing out your faults and your failures and, and your inconsistencies and things that are wrong with you. That's what the old covenant did. It pointed out what's wrong. It showed you what you ought to do and what you're not doing. The old covenant revealed to us what God expects and shows us where we come up short. Wish I had a witness here. That, that's why Paul called it a schoolmaster in the book of Galatians when he says, Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. In other words, the old covenant showed us where we missed the mark. And pushed us to realize that if we were going to ever get right with God, it was not going to be because of what we did. Oh, shucks. That's a shout right there. The, the, the old covenant showed us our problems, but the new covenant gave us the answer. The old covenant. Do I have a witness in this house? The, the law shows us why we then need Jesus. The law exposes our weakness. The law reveals our frailty. The law tells us to be holy, but the new covenant shows us how. And, that, and that's, that's really the difference between the old and the new. The old tells us what to do. The new shows us how to do it. The old tells us what we ought to be striving for. The new gives us the power to make it become reality. The law gives us commandments, but it does not give us the power to live out those commandments. That's what the new covenant does. And by replacing the old with the new, 
ah, that had been written upon the stones, replacing that with something that is now written upon the hearts of man. God says, I'm not just going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to give you the internal power to be able to do it. Ah. You, you, ever, you ever struggle and acknowledge the fact that you know what to do? But it's how? It's not that I don't know what to do. It's, it's sometimes the how to do what I know what to do that gives me the biggest problem. And what the new covenant does, it moves us from instruction to the indwelling power of the spirit written on the tablets of our heart so that we don't struggle as much with the how. Uh, the new covenant means that God replaces the old with one that not only instructs us, but dwells with us. It shows us what to do the old, but it does not give us the power to do it. One poet put it like this, to run and work the law commands, yet gives me neither feet nor hands. But better news the gospel brings. It bids me fly and gives me wings in other words it gives me the power to do what it commands me to do it doesn't just say be holy but it gives me the power to be holy it doesn't just tell me to be righteous but it gives me the way to live a righteous life and somebody ought to shout this morning that God gave you a replacement and didn't just tell you to do right but gave you the power to live right good God almighty third thing and I'm through I'm already done I'm already done third thing the old covenant was not designed to be forever the old covenant was not designed to be forever hmm ah uh, let me see if I can say it like this how, how, yeah, how, how many y'all how many y'all got one of these how many y'all got one of these Y'all got one of these? Yeah. Now, 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 if you, if you in the, if you in the Apple family, you can get one this year, but in two or three more years, wish y'all would talk to me in here, two or three more years, you're going to be going in again to update and upgrade and get the new phone. Wish I had a witness in here. Be because in three years or so, the technology has changed and, and the things that you could do, you still can do, but it's not as good as your friends. Because your friends are taking pictures that look like they ought to be in magazines. And you look at your phone and they got all grainy stuff on it and you're trying to figure out what's the difference because you need an upgrade. Wish I had a witness in here. See, see, because because Apple has figured this thing out. They, they figured out how to time it in just the right way. That that in two or three years, you're gonna want a new phone. They they're they gonna get, come out with a new camera, they're gonna have new features. 
They're going to hear new capacities and new capabilities. And, and, and even though your phone may still make phone calls. Wish I had a witness in here. There's a whole lot of other things that you can do if you get the new phone. All I'm trying to say is that the old covenant had some time restrictions, some time limits built into it that after a period of time made it obsolete. Now, I know I got some people who are going to challenge me on this already when I use a term like obsolete. Because how can God's law ever be obsolete? Listen, and I'm not suggesting that the law was obsolete. I am saying that what the law was given to accomplish, that had become obsolete. Because it was not set up to last forever. You don't believe me, so let me let the Bible speak for itself. The writer of Hebrews says it like this in Hebrews chapter 5, beginning with chapter 8, beginning with verse 5, contemporary English version. He says, but the tent where they serve is just a copy and a shadow of the real one in heaven. Before Moses made the tent, he was told, be sure to make it exactly like the pattern you were shown on the mountain. But now Christ has been appointed to serve as a priest in a much better way. Wish I had a witness in here. And he has given us much assurance of a better agreement. See, see you, you, you got a phone, but there's a better one that's coming out a little bit later. Wish I had a witness in here. And what God says, and listen, I've given you the old covenant, but under this new covenant, I'm going to show you things and ways that the old covenant, though it was there for the law, it could never fulfill. Jesus says this, I've not come to destroy the law, but I've come to wish I had some Bible readers in here to fulfill the law in other words I'm not saying it's no good but I'm going to show you a better a better way wish I had a witness in this house that the old covenant is a shadow but the new covenant is the reality of God's fulfilled will the old covenant shows a template but the new covenant shows the real thing good God almighty Hebrews, then the writer of Hebrews quotes our scripture for today. When he writes, but now I tell the people of Israel, this is my new agreement. The time will come when I, the Lord, will write my laws on their minds and hearts. I will be their God, they will be my people. Not one of them will have to teach another to know me, their Lord. All of them will know me no matter who they are. I will treat them with kindness even though they are wicked. I will forget their sins. And then the writer of Hebrews adds this note in verse 13. When the Lord talks about a new agreement, he means that the first one, that's the contemporary English version, the first one is out of date. And anything that is old and useless will soon I'm going to shout all by myself in here 
Anything that is old and useless will soon disappear. The writer of Hebrews said, listen, this thing, the old covenant had an expiration date. It lived and accomplished the purpose for which it was sent. He says, but there's a new covenant. The old has been replaced. I don't know about you, church, but I can shout this morning about that replacement theory. That's a replacement that I'm glad took place. And that's all I want to remind you of today. That when God gave the law of the old covenant, it included not only the Ten Commandments, but it was a law that was comprised of 613 laws. 613 laws in the book of Leviticus that if you were going to be right with God you had to keep the law do I have a witness here but God knew that nobody could keep all 613 laws so what God did was he gave a new covenant and he gave a new covenant by sending his son do I have a witness here that's why I celebrate yeah that replacement theory because it's not a theory but it is a reality that Jesus came into this whole dying world for the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting light you missed your shout because that's a replacement theory now a replacement reality that God loved you so much that he did not let you have to suffer trying to keep all 613 laws but he gave you his son and replaced your sin with his son is there anybody here who can testify today I'm so glad that he replaced my sin with his son I'm so glad that he replaced my evil with his eternal love I'm so glad that he replaced my wretchedness with his righteousness I'm so glad that he replaced one day on a hill called Calvary 
he replaced what I had and took my sin upon himself. Is there anybody in this house that's glad this morning for the replacement reality that God so loved me that he did not let me die in my sin but he replaced he replaced church say Jesus paid it off oh shucks all to him I owe sin left the crimson stain but he washed me white as snow that's a replacement y'all sin that was washed white as snow is a replacement he would not let you die in your sin but he replaced my God my God my God my God my God my God he loved me enough he loved me enough that he replaced everything that was coming to me and towards me. He replaced it with himself, replacing the old with the new, replacing my wrong with his right, replacing my hate with his love, Replacing my mean-mindedness with his warm-heartedness. Because he replaced it, I can celebrate freedom in Christ. Freedom in Jesus. Freedom in my Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Let freedom free. 
Tomorrow we will celebrate freedom of a nation. But way more important than the freedoms of a nation are the freedoms of an individual. I want to ask you this morning, are you free? I'm not talking about a freedom that any legislature can give you. I'm not talking about any freedom that can be written by any constitution, any bill of rights. I'm talking about the freedom that only God can provide through Jesus Christ. The Bible declares, those whom the Son make free are free indeed. Listen, be clear, there are some rights that the United States can give that they'll take her back from you. Oh, I know I'm right about it. There's some things that you can do one year and 30 years later that ain't the law anymore. Oh, but freedom. Freedom. Freedom in Christ, y'all, is something freedom. that once it's given is never repeated. It's never reversed. Freedom. It's never taken back. Freedom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to offer you freedom this morning. Freedom that comes by knowing Jesus. Freedom from your past. Freedom from your sins. Freedom from your mistakes. Freedom from all of the guilt and the pain and shame. Freedom from things that you've been trying to fix. It only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't know him this morning, I want to invite you right now. If you, want, if you don't mind, pray this prayer with me. Father, I want to be free. I need to be free. And I'm going to be free. Because today, I'm accepting Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Free me from the penalty of my sin. Free me from trying to make myself right. Free me from trying to live up to the law. Free me from everything, from every person, from every device of the enemy that keeps me from being your child. Now, God, I accept you and by faith, I live completely free in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer in your heart, I want you to do one more thing. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to meet us up here right now. I want you to meet us up here right now. Listen, don't, 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 don't worry. Matter of fact, do me one favor. Everybody stand to your feet right now. Everybody stand to your feet, wherever you are. Stand to your feet. Because some of us, some of us just need a little help. Now that you stand on your feet, all you got to do is walk. All you got to do is walk. You're already up. You got some friends and some neighbors who are supporting you and they'll move out of the way. They'll even walk with you. 
you prayed that prayer and you're ready to get right in, in your relationship with God through Jesus Christ, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, come right now. Come right now. If you want to be a member of this church, you don't have a church home, you come right now. You're already standing. You might as well start walking. You're already standing. You might as well start walking. Wherever you are, come right now. Hallelujah. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. You ready to be a member of the church? Come right now. God bless you. Come on. Come on. Come on, they're not the only ones. You're ready to make a commitment to Christ. You're ready to make a commitment to Cade Chapel. You come right now. Come right now, wherever you are. There are others in the back. Come on, come on, come on. God bless you. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Freedom, freedom. Oh, freedom, freedom. I'm free, y'all. Freedom. So glad I'm free, y'all. Freedom. Free from my past, freedom, free from my sin, free from the guilt, freedom, that I'm hiding within, freedom, oh I'm free y'all, freedom, so glad I'm free, freedom, hallelujah, freedom, God bless you, listen, if you need prayer, if you need prayer, meet us on the right, you want prayer? You've been battling some things. You've been dealing with some things. you got some hardships at home, hardships at work. Situations that you need God to just intervene. Situations where you want brothers and sisters to join you and stand with you in this moment of prayer. God bless you. You come right now. Meet us right here. Meet us right here. Come on. Let the church pray with you. The prayers of the righteous, y'all. I say the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And God still hears and answers prayer. Don't let, don't let this moment stop you. Don't let this moment keep you. Come on, wherever you are, let's pray together. Let's pray together. There are some coming. God bless you. Y'all come on, come on, come on. Wherever you are, come now. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. 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 Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Bless his name. If you're watching and you prayed that prayer, you're ready to join this church. You're ready to join and walk further in your relationship with Jesus Christ. There should be a number on your screen. I want you to call that number. There will be someone, if they want to answer now, they're probably busy, but they're going to answer as soon as they can. So you keep calling. I I was so blessed. I was so blessed, y'all. I I, I got a letter in the mail recently. These are from people. I told you all, people from all over are watching us and worshiping with us. And in the letters this person wrote, they said, it was an encouraging letter to keep preaching and keep ministering. And then at the end of the letter, they said, I want to figure out how to join K Chapel. They're somewhere outside of Mississippi, outside of this region, but it so blessed me to know that people really had a have a heart and a desire to be connected with us. Somehow we're gonna we're gonna answer that question. We're going to deal with that and we're going to answer that question. But until we do, God bless you and thank you for watching. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here in Jackson, Mississippi at Cade Chapel. God bless you. 
God keep you is our prayer. All hearts and minds are clear. We're standing for the benediction. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace.